0: Let us pray. Lord, we ask now that you breathe on us, O breath of God, your Holy Spirit that is here with us in this place, even as we sit and we wait. We ask that you breathe life into the scripture that we are about to read, that it will come alive for us, that it will reveal your truth and your message to us. Breathe on us so that we might be awakened, that our hearts may be stirred with desire and passion to hear from you and to live out whatever it is you have to say to us today. Lord, come rushing into this sanctuary like a mighty rushing wind and speak to us now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I've been very nostalgic lately, um, thinking about my childhood and just the era that I grew up in. Uh, I was a child of the 80s. Don't laugh. I know most of you were already in adulthood in the 80s. But for me, the 80s represents my childhood. And so lately I've been watching 80s movies, 80s TV shows, even listening to '80s music. Before we went to annual conference this past week, I made a playlist of '80s music, and we listened to it on the way down. And Claire and I were singing right along with it, and the kids were in the back seat thinking, "Oh, brother." <laughs> but the irony of that is, when I was a child, I, I I thought I felt like '80s music is just really terrible. But now. Out of a longing, a pining for those, those more innocent times in that era where I grew up, I've, I've become fond of it uh, by association. I've become nostalgic for it as I pine for the innocence, the age of innocence that I once experienced as a child. And I use that word pining when I talk about uh, thinking of my childhood and, and thinking of nostalgia. And, and it's, it's interesting, the, the Greek word for nostalgia is, um, it actually means an aching from an old wound. So when we talk about being nostalgic, we're, we're actually talking about this aching, this longing from from something, and so much so that it, it hurts, that we long to go back to something. And I started thinking about that as, as I've uh, gone through this past week of sort of being nostalgic and thinking about the, the era of of the era of my childhood so it's refreshing to read this scripture because the scripture tells me my childhood is not over you see when I, I read this three different times in the, in the passage we are told that we are children or, or, or somehow children are referred to the, the passage opens up with Paul he's writing this letter to the Ephesians and Paul says you are uh, children be imitators of God the Father as children do And then a little bit later on, he he talks about the ones who walk in darkness are sons of disobedience or children of the darkness, children of disobedience. And then he comes back around and he says, but you are children of the light. And so Paul is using this language of us being children. And it's comforting to think about that, especially as we continue to age and get older. But the idea is Paul is saying, as a child, we must Imitate the Father. As a child imitates the Father, we must imitate our Heavenly Father. This is the only time in the New Testament the word imitation is used. But yet, the idea of imitation underscores the entire idea of discipleship. If you were here a few years ago, you might remember that we did a series on on what it means to be a disciple. And we said that it it was disciplining ourselves to be like the master we follow, Jesus Christ. So we are imitating Christ. And that's what's at the heart of what Paul is saying here. He's saying imitate Christ. Imitate God. Imitate your father who is love. And do this in the same way that a child would do. This is what Jesus meant when he said, let the children come unto me. If you'll remember, he was uh, talking to the crowds. There were lots of uh, grown-ups there, probably lots of important people, busy people. They wanted to see what Jesus had to say about things. And then you have all these kids that were trying to run up to Jesus. And kids, I mean, they're... They're loud, they're disruptive, they're active, they're, they're sort of all over the place. And they couldn't possibly understand these, these deep words that Jesus had for everybody else, right? So the disciples said, no, y'all, y'all get on out of here. Y'all don't need to be bothering Jesus. And Jesus told them, wait. He said, let the little ones come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And then he said, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. In other words, Jesus was saying, not only am I encouraging you to be childlike in your faith, I am telling you that unless you become a child, unless you come to me with that that wonder, that sense of awe, that sense of acceptance, that genuine faith that children have. Unless you come to me like that, you can't have a part in my kingdom. So Jesus is telling us we are God's children and we must remain as children spiritually if we are going to receive him, receive his words, receive His the, the power of of, of change that he can, he can put into our hearts and into our lives. You see, children imitate what is good. They imitate what they understand as loving. They imitate their parents as long as their parents are, are loving. I did this when I was a child. I would see my parents do things, and then I would want to be grown up like them, and I would do sort of the same things. I would see you know, my dad get up and get dressed and go to work and do this. So I would play like I was him sometimes, and I would imitate that. I wanted to be like my dad when I grew up. And then I see that now in, in my son. I see that in Liam. I see where he will take an interest in things that he sees me doing, and he wants to do that as well. Now, if if I was a terrible father, an abusive father, or anything like that, he probably wouldn't be interested in doing that, just like I wouldn't have been interested in imitating my father. But because there is love there between the father and the child, the child wants to be like the father. And so it's the same way when we come to God. When we see that God is a God of love, a God of grace, a God who redeems and restores us, if we come to him as children, we should also want to imitate that. We should want to represent the father that we come to. Now, I told you about my, my nostalgia this past week. Let me tell you how it all started. It started on Saturday. Liam and I needed to go get haircuts. The same woman's been cutting my hair for ten years. She's been cutting Liam's hair since he was about three years old. She's in Columbus. We made appointments, but we went to Columbus for some other things, and, and we had uh, a chunk of time to kill. We had a long time before we needed to be over there to get our hair cut. So I decided to to go through the old neighborhood to see the house that I grew up in. And when I got there, I saw that it was it was abandoned. It's been foreclosed on. But not only that, it's just in terrible shape. Whoever lived there last just ruined it. I mean, it, it looks horrible. We pulled up in the driveway and we got out and I looked around and, and I took a little walk down memory lane. I walked around in the backyard and the, where I played so many wiffle ball games and threw the football and, and, and all this stuff and, and it's all grown up. It's just weeds. It looks like a jungle back there. I saw the tree that I used to climb. It's actually an overgrown mulberry bush, but I used to climb it when I was a child and, and I, I climbed it again on Saturday. I saw where my dad and I built our tree house. It was in between two trees. One of those trees has been chopped down. The tree house is no longer there. I looked at the driveway as I stood there and, and I thought about all the basketball games that I played there in the driveway. And then I thought about this this one spring break. Just before spring break, my grandfather had given me a skateboard he found at the dump. And one person's trash is another person's treasure, right? So he gave me this skateboard, and I thought it was wonderful. And I went home, and I just remember that spring break. Every single day, all day, every day, I played with that skateboard in the driveway. I just, I just rode it back and forth and back and forth. And the driveway is a steep hill, so I started getting a little braver and getting closer to the edge. Until eventually, I was going down the hill on it. And and my mind, I'm I'm thinking about all this as I'm I'm sitting there, I'm standing there in the driveway with Liam. And then, you know, we go to get our haircuts, and, and I'm a little bit sad. I'm, I'm thinking about my childhood. I'm getting a little nostalgic. Well, we go to get our haircuts, and the lady that's cutting my hair reminds me that she's been cutting my hair for ten years. She brings that up, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, you've been cutting my hair for ten years. Then she says something about all the gray hair that's starting to show up right here. And, and that didn't really bother me. I, I've, I've had some gray right there for for a while now, Um, but then she asked me if I wanted my eyebrows trimmed. Now, in my mind, there are two generations of people, those who do not yet have to have their eyebrows trimmed, and those that are at that stage where they have to start having their eyebrows trimmed. And so I asked her honestly, I said, well, do you think I need that? And she said, yeah. So I left there, clean cut, with a new haircut, shampoo. My head felt great, but I felt so old. So when we left there, Liam and I went to the toy store and I bought myself a skateboard. Some of you have seen the picture that Claire put on Facebook of of me riding the skateboard and I appreciate y'all's concern. Everybody's really worried about if I'm wearing a helmet in the picture or if I'm going to fall and all that. I'm wearing a helmet, I promise. But I'll tell you this. Last Sunday afternoon, we went out there. The kids got on their scooters, and I got on my skateboard, and I started riding around. First time I stood on a skateboard in years. And I felt so free. It just felt so good to just ride a skateboard again. It just I, I felt free. I felt liberated. I felt young. I was not thinking about my eyebrows or anything like that. It was like I was young again. And it was a wonderful, wonderful feeling. So when I read this scripture where Paul is telling us that we are children, we are eternally children. We will always be God's children. That is so comforting. It is so reassuring to know that as our bodies age... As our bodies start to fall and deteriorate, as the years go by, it doesn't change where we are in God's eyes. We are still God's children, and we are still in our hearts supposed to approach him like children with love and with awe and with wonder and ready to recognize how he has shown his love to us and ready to to imitate that. But the wonderful thing is not only are we children, but we're adopted children. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about how we've been adopted. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been adopted into this family, into the church, into true Israel. We are his children because he has brought us in. And I'll tell you something. Adopted children, more often than not, are very appreciative because they understand what they were saved from. You can see this even in pets. Our dog, Shadow, we, we rescued her um, I brought her home. Well, I I rescued her and then asked for Claire's permission after I'd already done it. But I I brought her home uh, when she was a puppy, and she she had been a stray. And Shadow now is just – I mean any time I walk outside, Shadow is right there by my ankles. And if I go for a run in the morning, she will stand there in the driveway and bark and howl and drive the neighbors crazy until I come back. And it's because I think that she knows that I rescued her. And it's the same way with us. And, and Paul says that you once were children of darkness, but now you are children of light. When we become children of light, when we, are, when we recognize our Father as being the Father of light, and we recognize where we've come from, that we've come out of that darkness into our light, we should be filled with joy and thanksgiving. And not only that, but he says... These things that are darkness, these things that are rebellious, these that the children of disobedience do, not only should you not do them as children of light, but you should learn to despise them. We should hate the darkness if we are living in the light. If we recognize that our father despises the ways of darkness, the ways of wickedness, we too should despise the ways of darkness and wickedness. We despise what our father does. When I was a child, my dad hated the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he still does. And I didn't know why, but I hated the Pittsburgh Steelers too, because he did. And it's the same way when we recognize that our father, who is light, who is love, despises the darkness, despises idolatry, despises immorality. When we see what he despises – We too should be turned against it because we want to love the things he loves. We want to be like him. We want to be imitators as children of the light. And that's how we become imitators. That's how we become children. We become imitators by becoming disciples. We become children by pointing to the Father. The years will continue to just fly by. These mortal bodies will continue to fall apart as they get older. But our Father is eternal, and our status as his children is eternal. We will always be his children. If you've ever had a, a parent tell you that, you'll always be my baby. You know how true that is. As you get older, no matter how old you get, you will always be your parent's child. We will always be God's children. And he gives us, not only does he give us permission to come to us as children, but he beckons us as children. He commands us to come to him as children. In wide-eyed wonder, ready to imitate our Father. When we do that, we can change the world around us. And we can shine a light in that darkness. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that as we continue to age in this, this world through linear time, we thank you that we are eternally your children, that you call us to come to you as children, to receive you with childlike faith. And, Lord, we ask that you help us, that you enable us to do that, that you soften our hearts, that you give us a love and a passion for you, that we can stand before you just in, in awe and wonder ready to imitate you, our Father, the Father of light. Lord, enable us to do so in the days, the weeks, the years ahead. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is hymn number 462, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Please stand if you are able and join us in singing hymn number 462. And if you've made a decision of any type today, I ask you and encourage you to come forward as we sing. Hymn number 462.